Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today I have with me Alexa Martin. Alexa Martin has a lot to tell us about, so I'm going to just lead it off with it just like this. Alexa, who are you and why are you here today? Hello, thank you for having me on here. So I'm Alexa, I'm a life coach, and why I'm on here today honestly is to just inspire people to stop settling in life, stop settling for less than their worth, and get out of autopilot. So many of us just go through life like, and then we hit like midlife and it, you wake up and are like, what just happened? What am I doing? Um, so yeah, I really want to help people get out of that and just stop settling. Okay. So give us a little backstory on you that how you got into life coaching, because everyone has a story, but how did you get into life coaching of everything that you could be doing right now? So I got introduced to the world of wellness kind of by chance. My roommate back in college, I was studying math at MIT. So like nothing like life coaching suggested to me to read this mindset book. And I took her up on the offer, read the book, changed my life. That one book became 200 books. Day one of my corporate job, I was reading mindset books in the bathroom. So it was almost inevitable when that I was going to go down, you know, the mindset wellness path. It was just kind of like a, a matter of when. And I actually was working with a life coach who helped me kind of figure out what I wanted to do for myself. And I changed a lot. I grew a lot. Honestly, I used to like I think back to before I got into the world of wellness, like I was major big binge drinker, coffee drinker, taking my mom's medicine to sleep at night, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, getting angry in relationships, a lot. There was a lot there. Um, I started working with coaches and it completely changed my life in so many ways. And so when I was working with this life coach, people just started asking me, how did you change? Can you help me? And you know, it just kind of grew from there, honestly. Okay. And with all this evolution, you know, I always had the same motto, uh, me and my co-host, we go over it sometimes, it's revolving and evolving. That's what, what took place here with you. Now, what moment, like exactly in life, did you decide that you needed to change? Because like, I'll give an example with me. Um, I was a person that was very, uh, at a point I was, I, I thought that I had to lie and, and do extra stuff to make myself credible to people around me when people just like me for who I was mm -hmm. so I hit rock bottom with a situation and then when I learned from that um I basically just stopped putting on airs putting on fronts for people and I just lived my normal life and my best life and that's me today so what changed it like what what point in life did that happen to you so for me I didn't have like a rock bottom major moment where I'm like, okay, I need to change my life. This can't continue. It was more like I got introduced to this mindset book, this first book, and all the lights kind of went off where I was like, whoa, there's a whole other way of living out there. And it just expanded my perspective and expanded my view of what I thought was possible for myself. At the same time that that happened, I started to really get into spin. So just like started really getting into exercising because it just felt really good for the first time. I felt really confident in myself. You know, I don't know if you've ever had like those like euphoric moments when you're exercising, like it just feels awesome. So at the same time of that mindset book, expanding my perspective, this spin class thing is just like, I'm really leaning into it. And then, you know, the triple whammy, I meet this guy 
and I really liked him. And like I said, I was, you know, taking my mom's medicine to sleep at night along with like a lot of other things because I was so wound up during the days and I was addicted to nicotine and I really liked this guy. And I was like, okay, Alexa, I cannot be like in the bathroom popping pills every night before going to sleep with him. Like at some point the truth is going to come out. I need to get this under control. And I honestly almost went cold Turkey on everything, caffeine, nicotine, pills, everything. Cause I just was like, I really like this guy. I got to get it together. So it was kind of like all those things happened at once. And that's when things really changed for me. Okay. And then once things changed for you, um, you had your life coach. So you um, had some assistance. Then you decided to take that bold step and become a life coach. Mm-hmm. How do you, for people that don't know how to become a life coach, how do you become a life coach? Definitely get a life coach for sure. If you want to teach other people life coaching, mindset coaching, you need to put in the work yourself. The best coaches have coaches. And I personally would never invest in someone who's not investing in themselves. So before you go out and try to fix other people, like you really need to take a cold, hard look at yourself and where you need to grow. Because honestly, like where we can best serve others is where we've had experiences ourselves. And the more you grow yourself, the further along you go yourself, the more you're going to take people, be able to take people with you. So number one tip is if you want to be a coach, get a coach. And then, yeah, honestly, start, start with that. Okay. So starting out, basically um, you have a certain level of responsibility for your accountability and then get you a life coach. And then right there from that moment on, then you can kind of bridge the gap and then things just fall in order, not like, like systematically, but they fall in order in some type of pattern. So you become a life coach, you get that certification. The next thing is building your brand. Could you tell the audience about your brand and what you have to offer? So I do group and one-on-one coaching. My group is called Limitless and You know, we're all about, honestly, like showing up super authentically, super gritty, like no fluff. We're just like getting down to do the work and taking a lot of personal responsibility for our emotions, our lives, our energy, everything. You know, it's really like not blaming others, not complaining. But when anything happens in the world that's triggering you, it's taking that look inward. Like, okay, what is this triggering in me? Not how can I tell my roommate to do something differently, not how can I ask my partner to do something differently, but just like always taking a look inward to like, where can I do the work on myself? So it's a really empowering group, honestly, to be a part of. I know it can sound super daunting to take personal responsibility, but I think having ownership over your life is the most empowering thing in the world. So yeah, I'm all about that. And then, like I said at the beginning, getting out of autopilot, So getting out of mindlessly scrolling on social media, getting out of living out of fear, whatever it may be, getting out of keeping yourself small, all these different things that we just do out of autopilot, out of fear, out of stress, out of guilt, getting away from all of that and learning how to just live from your highest self, your most authentic self. All right. And then the the name of which you offer, you took out the vowels. Why, Why did you take the vowels out? Like, is there a specific meaning behind that? I wish I had a super cool, clever answer to this. I wanted a name for my group coaching program. Nothing was coming to me. One day I was getting out of my car and I was like, limitless. But that sounded too like fluffy, like too like, oh, limitless. And I'm like, no, we're kind of like gritty, like just like a little more of that, like mm, 
vibe. So I was like, we got to get rid of the vowels. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no good story behind it. It just came to me <laughs> one day as I was getting out of a car. <laughs> and that's understandable because some, some like the name of my show, West Virginia Commonplace. The only reason I named it that, I was uh, on a crazy mountain somewhere and there's this place that I've never visited called the Mystery Shack or something. And they had all this crazy stuff. And I was like, that's really uncommon to be out here in the middle of the woods. And then I related to the wrong term being in West Virginia. And then next thing you know, it made sense to be uncommonplace. Now, uh, in, in researching guests, mm-hmm. I have people that I ask different questions because they're like, I'll tell them about you. And we kind of do a panel. Um, one person in particular asked this question. And I thought that it was very thought provoking, but at the same time, kind of bland, but I do want to ask you this. What is the main thing you need to change in life in order to live the life you want? Awareness, a hundred percent awareness, like no doubt about it. The first step towards any sort of change is awareness. We can't change what we don't know. So if you want to change your life, you need to know where you want to go. You need to know where you are. So I think the higher level of awareness you have, and honestly, awareness breeds confidence. So yeah, awareness. All right. So on a deeper level of intellect, we have drive and then we have dreams. I want to talk about dreams first. Mm-hmm. What type of skill set do you need to have to make your dreams come true? Because we have drive to do things, right? Mm-hmm. But our, our dreams, what kind of skills do you need to get your dreams off the ground? Because we always will be motivated to do something, but what's the, what are the skills initially that you need to get your dream off the ground? Cause you had a dream at some point to do this, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. So what skills do we need? Two skills. One is the ability to not live out of fear. I think a lot of times we hide behind fear. We say we need clarity or whatever it may be. We know what we need to do. A lot of times we know what we need to do, but we want to say, We don't know what we need to do, but it's because we're scared. There's resistance there. So being able to not live out of your fear, but to acknowledge it and take one step forward anyway, a hundred percent we need to have. Um, So the first is being able to not live out of fear. And then I said two, and now my second one is blanking on me, but there was another (laughs) one that was great. Um, I feel like I have these moments sometimes where like I'm going and I'm rambling and then it's just gone with the wind. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, honestly, like being able to not live out of fear and then having the motivation to actually do something, having the motivation to not just want to live in comfort, having, it just came back to me, having a really big why for why you want to do what you want to do, because it's really hard to get out of your comfort zone to break out of the patterns that everyone around you is doing. That's really hard. And you need to have a very motivating reason for why you want to do it. Right. So it's not just, I want to build this business because it's going to give me financial freedom. I mean, if that is the case, like that's beautiful, but like, why do you want financial freedom? Why does that matter? What is that going to let you do in your life? And when you have these strong whys, these strong intentions behind what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to get out of your comfort zone and do those things. Okay. I like that answer. Now we've already, we talked about the dreams, the drive, the drive is the pursuit to get past the word potential. And that's the hardest thing for so many people. Cause so many people get to that glass ceiling and don't break through it. Mm. So what advice would you give them as a mindset coach? Cause I like the term life coach, but I like mindset coach better. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> how would you tell someone to to they got to drive the pursuit and then they're at that potential at the glass ceiling how do you break that glass ceiling in life because for me personally I'm motivated by many factors. My goal in life is to ensure that the people around me are secure mentally. I don't care about physically, but <laughs> mentally and financially structured, you know? So what I do is I'll make sure that there is a open atmosphere that they can come talk to me, whoever's involved with me in, on these levels and um, stuff like that. And the way that I broke the glass ceiling was that I explained to people that, that untapped potential, forget it take that potential, get it out the door and just make it who you are. Your accomplishments are, are, are kind of based on um, what attributes you have at the time, get stronger attributes if you want to get past that potential. So what's your answer to that? Also, I wanted to just tangent. Um, I've been testing out life coach versus mindset coach. So if anyone, if anyone has any advice, what they resonate with more, I'm like either one, it, same thing as what I do. Um, but I just, I noticed that you commented on, cause I probably sent you mindset coach. Now I say life coach. So yes, honestly, to break through that glass ceiling, we need to get really curious on where the resistance is coming from. Honestly, get really curious on where the resistance is coming from. You want to become your best observer and your quietest critic. And you want to get really, really curious on where that resistance is coming from, because it's easy to say it's from lack of motivation, but when you really dig down into it, it could be a, feel, a fear of failure, a fear of success, a fear of disappointment, but there's going to be something deeper at the root of the resistance. And that's where you want to put in the work. Okay. And that's amazing work there. That right there is probably the gem of this episode thus far, because that is one thing. People do have a fear of success and failure and more success than failure. I've mm -hmm. noticed with people in the business world and stuff like that. So we'll tie all this together into this one thing, the word focus. Focus is something that, that is that a life coach has to really get in tap with and to teach people. What areas inside of focusing do people need to worry about and what areas do they not? Because when I focus on something, I get fixated. It's not like a stalker type deal with whatever I'm fixated on. Not that at all, but I get, I get, I'm get well-versed and very informed, but at the same time, I'm forming these, these, these opinions, if it's good or bad, you know, I don't worry about those opinions until I get to the very end of it. Mm -hmm. So what areas of focusing should people worry about and what areas should they not worry about? And this kind of is, you know, the idea that a lot of times we spend our lives climbing up these ladders just to get to the top and realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. So you need to get really clear on what you, your authentic self wants, not what you've been conditioned to believe what you want, not what your parents want you to want, not what your friends are doing, what you want from your life right now. You can do this through, you know, looking at, okay, how do I feel with my friends? How do I feel with my family, with my physical health, emotional health, career, finances, all those things? How do I feel in all those different areas? How do I want to feel? Look where there are big gaps and spend a lot of time, you know, working on the areas where there are big gaps, where you feel like you're at maybe a two out of 10 and you want to feel at a 10 out of 10. That'll help you get clarity on where you want to focus your time because, right? We only have so much time and you don't want to just be like throwing spaghetti at the wall, doing all these things because you feel like you should. You want to get strategic and intentional with how you use your time, how you use your energy. It's kind of like a bank account. You wouldn't just go around just like, you can't see me, but like splashing your cash everywhere. We wouldn't do that. Treat your energy and your time the exact same way. Get intentional about what your authentic self actually wants in this moment. 
right? It's not about what I want for the next 20 years, but like what feels really expansive and good to me right now, because life is, it comes in phases and waves. And maybe right now it feels really good to you to focus on your career. That's beautiful. Honor that. Be okay with the consequences of focusing on your career. Be okay with missing out on parties, right? We can't be a 10 in everything all the time. So be okay with the consequences of how you're spending your time. And then know that maybe in the future, it's going to be a different phase of your life. And maybe you're going to want to focus more on family, or maybe you're going to want to focus more on friends, whatever it may be, but really just honor where you're at right now and be intentional with the time that you do have. Okay. Now I've got two words for you. And these two words have positive and negative connotations to them. The first word is challenge. The other word is obstacle. Mm-hmm. Dealing with a client, if they come to you and they use either word, a challenge or obstacle, um, how do you handle that? Because me personally, a challenge to me is, is something that I undertake myself. I definitely want to challenge. An mm-hmm. obstacle is something that gets in the way, but some people like obstacles because they're the type that build around them or build through the obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a challenge, you know, some people think that's negative. I don't think it's negative. I think it's something that we just have to ride with. You have challenges and obstacles. Some people don't believe you have neither. You just have one. So what is your opinion on, or how do you handle a client when they start talking about a challenge or an obstacle or both? Well, and something that I coach so hard is that we only grow through hardship. We only grow through discomfort. We only grow through challenges. Like that's the only way we grow. No one grows when they're super comfortable. It doesn't work that way. And so if you want to grow as an individual, if you want to become a better person, a better partner, a better worker, a better spouse, sister, brother, friend, you want to be a better you, you have to go through challenge. You have to go through hardship. So when you can really embrace that and recognize that everything's happening for us, not to us, for us, then it becomes a lot easier to open up to challenges, to open up to obstacles and just ask yourself, what am I learning right now? How am I growing right now? So I coach that so hard. And I think people who follow me know that that's like one of my values in my coaching. And it's something that I and my clients just embody. Okay. Now, how do you handle the mental stigmas that follow us around? Because, you know, people obviously if they come to life coach, they have a, a grasp on communicating to a certain level, but how do you break those barriers of communication with people that have uh, depression, have anxiety? Because, you know, some people build up enough strength to come to you, but when they get to you, they kind of fall flat in what they're really looking for. So how do you break those mental stigmas once you have these people as clients or whatever assessment you do? How do you break those mental stigmas? Well, as a coach, it's my job to show up as the most loving version of myself. So I don't know if you've ever heard about, I heard of IFS therapy. It's something that I study in terminal family systems. The idea is that essentially we have all these different parts of ourselves, um, manager parts, exiles, firefighters, all these parts of ourselves. And behind all of those parts is you, your authentic self, your highest self, your most confident, calm, caring, curious, creative self. And as a coach, when I am self-led, other people open up, other people can feel that, right? Because their their parts that are scared feel my self-energy and can then step away. 
and allow, you know, their selves to communicate with me. So I think as a coach, it's really about creating that space where the person feels safe and trusts you to open up in the ways that they need to. And this doesn't happen one session in, right? Like you have to build a relationship with someone. You have to know when to ask what questions, when the time is right to talk about certain things. Like I'll talk to people the first day, they'll say something that like I I can start to put pieces together, but I also know that if I were to bring that up right now, it would probably create a lot of distrust. Like our relationship is not there yet. And so I'll take a little note of it and just put it on the shelf. And a few weeks later, when the time is right, it's like, we can bring it back up. Um, but it's really just about being self-led and creating that space where someone else feels safe to show their true selves. Okay. So basically build up a good rapport and then Certain things like it, like we'll take a vase, for instance, the cracks in the vase, you can start seeing them a little bit better and you can see where, where there used to be glue there or when it was together or whatever, you can kind of decipher that. So limitless, is that considered your coaching approach or what do you entitle your coaching approach to what you do? And, and can you go in a little bit more in depth about that? So that's my group coaching program where I take women through four phases and the four phases are one, recognize, two, realize, three, release, and then four, replace. So in the phase of recognizing, that's really about developing self-awareness, recognizing where am I living from a place of low vibes? Where am I living from a place of high vibes? Then you move into realize, where you're realizing where these things are coming from in the past. You know, how am I projecting my past onto the future? How are past traumas playing a role in my current life? You know, what stories have I been telling myself for the past 20 years? So we go through recognize, we realize where it's coming from in the past. You release what's no longer serving you and then replace it with a new story moving forward. So in replace, this is where we do more goal setting, developing new habits, recognizing, you know, your core values, how you want to live your life moving forward. I think a lot of coaches in life coaching in particular um, they get right into the goal setting. And a lot of times if, when we start out just with goal setting, we're going to be setting goals from our ego. We're going to be setting goals from ways that we think are going to make us feel validated. It's not going to be coming from our authentic self. And so what I do with people is really do the hard work first of digging into our past, developing self-awareness, releasing what's no longer needed before we then decide, okay, how am I going to rebuild my life now moving forward? Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Now, um, you told us about your coaching and how your approach is in your past. Cause you did mention the past, but let's go into your past a little bit. So we get a little more personable with you. Yeah. What was something from your past that you've integrated into your coaching? Because like, I'll give you an example of like what I do with my podcast. And I realized that sometimes I go way too deep into myself in a podcast. So mm -hmm. I'm doing some self-care there. So I take some a past experience, bring it out. And it may help me throughout that day after I do that podcast, because I did that little self-help, bring it out. And maybe it helped that person I was talking to, whatever. So what, ex what skills or experiences did you take from your past and integrate into your coaching? So I honestly, I use myself as an example sometimes in going through that process. So I'll give you the example right now, right? Where I used to feel really triggered by other people's success, really triggered by it. I would feel really triggered when someone at work was receiving praise and I wasn't, and I would start to like, you know, tell these stories. Oh, they don't deserve it. And I deserve it. And blah, 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 things like that. And 
so first I realized that I used to live in victimization. That was like a very typical energy that, you know, I would notice myself in a lot. And I dug into my past and I realized that it came from growing up. I felt like my parents loved my sister more than me. And I felt that I didn't get the love that I deserved in the home. And there was a lot of resentment for that and a lot of victimization for that. And honestly, what I used to do growing up is because I didn't feel like I was getting love at home, would try to feel validated in other ways, like by getting a lot of success in school or by manipulating my body to look a certain way so that people told me that I was pretty or whatever it may be in order to fill my cup because I felt like it wasn't getting filled at home. And so bringing it back to the present day where I noticed, you know, myself getting triggered. I noticed myself in this like victimization place. I know that it's coming from that old story. I used to tell myself of I'm not loved. Others have it easier than me. I can release that and move forward in a new way, in a way where like I can celebrate other people's success too. So I think that's just like a tangible example from my life that helps kind of put the pieces of those four R's together for people. Okay. Now, uh, there's a culture, the hustle culture. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the hustle culture, that's everybody, like you said, about this whole, let's flip on our phones and let's endlessly scroll Facebook. Let's get on TikTok and let's look at 30,000 videos and hit a like button all day long or Instagram, any of those social medias. How do you help the hustle culture? How do you get them to, I call it, I'm an Apple guy, so I'll say de-Android themselves. You know, how do you get them to, to get back to the focus of what we were probably 15 years ago? Because I, I say it all started with MySpace. MySpace put a certain tone on things. And, and even I'm guilty of, I turned it over to automation. That's the only reason I don't spend a lot of time on it now. But before automation, I was on there like everybody else. I, I'll scroll through things all night long. Well, not all night long, but for a few hours here and there. So how do you help the hustle culture? Mm-hmm. And I always say how we do anything is how we do everything. So if you're addicted to your phone, if you're mindlessly scrolling, you're probably mindlessly doing a lot of other things. And you're probably addicted to a lot of other things. I always say how we do anything is how we do everything. And breaking up with your phones, breaking up with hustle culture, which I think are two different things. Um, Okay. (laughs) But breaking up with whatever it may be, these mindless tendencies to distract ourselves, whether that's in work or scrolling on Instagram. I mean, you really just got to dig into this again. This is like looking, becoming your, um, your biggest observer. I almost said your biggest critic to becoming your biggest observer and your quietest critic really looking at, okay, like, why am I doing this? How can I set boundaries, taking personal responsibility for your relationship with your phone, for your relationship with work, taking responsibility over what boundaries you need to set with yourself with others, getting clear in what your values are, right? What you want people to say about you at the end of your life, because it's probably going to have nothing to do with your pictures on Instagram or how much you (laughs) work. So getting really clear on where you want to go, making sure that ladder is leaning up against the correct wall and then living, living that truth for yourself. And if you notice yourself, you know, again, developing self-awareness where like you notice yourself being mindless, you, you recognize that you recognize that you call yourself out for it and you choose a new path moving forward. And this sounds like all simple and nice, but I think like, I mean, being in a community um, of a bunch of people who are doing this, working with a coach, like makes it a lot easier. If you're just like by yourself at home, trying to do this on your own, yes, it's going to be really hard. But when you're surrounding yourself with other people who are committed to not mindlessly scrolling, to not overworking themselves, committed to 
living their lives true to their values who are committing to taking personal responsibility and ownership and setting boundaries, it becomes a lot easier to do the same for yourself. Okay. So what is your definition of the hustle culture? <laughs> like, what is my definition of the hustle culture? I think it's just this idea that we have to just work and work and work and work and work and never stop working. And never enjoy life. And never enjoy life. And you know what's crazy to me? I always say this to people. I'm like, where are you going? It's like you send texts to receive more texts to have to answer. Like you answer emails to receive more emails to have to answer. Like where, where are we going? It's like this treadmill and really learning how to just enjoy life and be present with life and break out of this rat race is such a beautiful feeling. So yeah, getting away from this need to just work and work and work and instead get clear on what you actually value in life and how you want to feel and making that a reality for yourself. Because here's the thing, and this is what I teach people and coach people. Self-care and being present and loving your life is not mutually exclusive to doing well at work. And I really want to like make sure that people understand this because a lot of times people hear coaches or they hear therapists or they hear healers and it's like, oh, well, that's nice for you. But like, you don't understand, like you don't get our life. Like that's not possible for me. It is a possibility. I worked in corporate America in consulting and I never worked more than eight hours a day. And I still did kick ass at my job. So taking care of yourself, being present, enjoying your life is not mutually exclusive to doing well at work. And it takes strategy and how you use your time. It takes presence. It takes being, um, it takes having really good like prioritization skills and just like a few hours of time blocking a week, for example, can make a huge difference in how you spend your energy and your time. But again, it just comes back to being intentional. Okay. Okay. Now we do two things on this show. One thing is called the shameless plug. And that's where you tell the audience where they can meet you, greet you on the internet and how they can become part of the Alexa Martin circle. Yeah. You can find me. It's so fun. I love it. Shame, shameless plug for real. But honestly, I love just meeting people. I think it's really cool to be able to connect with people on the internet. Some of my best friends, honestly, I've met through Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Alexa Kmart. And my website is alexakmartin.com. But honestly, Instagram is the best at Alexa Kmart. People always on podcasts repeat their Instagram handle twice. So I'm like, maybe <laughs> I should be doing that one more time, just in case you didn't hear. All right. And then the second part of the show, um, growing up, I watched a show called 2020. It's a news magazine that came on on ABC on Friday night today. Diane Sawyer, John Stossel and Barbara Walters. These are these are the people that inspire me to interview the way that I interview with a little bit of integrity and some thought provoking questions. Mm -hmm. Some that will just kind of throw you in a loop. So it's time to pay homage to them real quick. So it's time to put you in the spotlight a little bit uh, more spotlight on you. Mm -hmm. So, Alex Martin, are you ready for your 2020 questions? Perfect. Let's get it. <laughs> okay. Um, as a life coach, as a mindset coach, as a coach that helps people on their mental, their physical level, because the mental and physical both attached to what you do. Um, what has been one of the hardest things that's happened to you 
while doing this? Like, have you had like a mental anguish issue with yourself? Mm. What has happened that's hindered you while being a coach? The honestly, the hardest thing that's happened that I've experienced is I was just personally going through a very emotional time period and you know, shelving all of my emotions to just show up in someone else's experience is really hard when you're going through like a really deep emotional time. It's really challenging. And yeah, I would say that that that's the hardest thing. Okay. And to go deeper into this, because you actually alluded to the next question that I'm going to ask, what do you personally do for self-care for yourself? Because there's people like you and me and everyone else that we want to help the world. Mm-hmm. but someone like me, for instance, I will never tru- truly tell anybody how I take care of myself mentally and get myself stimulated and focused because it's something that I do for myself mm-hmm. um, and others around me help, but mainly I have to do it. So how do you take care of yourself mentally while dealing with all these people that you deal with? Mm-hmm. So I also won't ever tell my clients or anyone my daily, weekly, monthly, yearly routines, because I would never want someone to repeat what I do and think that it's going to bring them joy because we're unique, right? And what right. serves me is not necessarily going to serve you. So I similarly will never post or tell people, you know, exactly what it is that I'm doing, but I do a ton of self-care honestly, a ton of self-care every day, every week, every month, every year. I have systems in place to check in with my goals, to check in with myself, different exercises, journal prompts that I'm doing on like, you know, a certain time frame basis. I work with coaches. I work with therapists, like as a client and I set boundaries. I'm doing all the things. I do every single thing that I coach other people to do. I also like, I would never try to tell my clients to do something that I'm not doing myself. So I'm right there with them in everything that I coach people to do. The one tangible thing that I will give you, because I do think that this could bring joy to everyone, is I have really hard phone boundaries and really hard social media boundaries. So I'll only check my social media, for example, from like, I don't know the exact times, but I'll just say from like three to 3.30 and from six to 6.30, that's it. I'll only check my texts from this time to this time, only check my emails from this time to this time. And that's really hard to do as a solo entrepreneur where like your business is like literally run on those platforms to just trust that I don't need to keep putting in more and more hours, that everything's happening how it's supposed to, that clients are going to come to me and to know that I'm worth the time that I need to take care of myself and know that it's going to allow me to show up for other people so much more strong when I do. So that is the one tangible thing that I strongly suggest everyone pick up in their life is really getting good phone boundaries. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit about what I do. Um, what I do, and I respect your answer too, because that was, that's probably one of the most qualified answers I've gotten, you know, because like I said, I, I don't want to ever give up my secrets of what I do to take care of myself. Because if I do, I don't, like you said, I don't want to ever disturb someone else's peace with how I take care of myself. Now, um, with the social media and all that stuff, I turn off my notifications. Like I check it at my, like you said, I check it at my own time. I've set that boundary because like with podcasting and you know how all this stuff gets set up, I get hit with tons of messages. Some of them just in, you know, it's people all over the world. So, you know, somebody could be GMT minus three plus three and they're eight hours ahead of me and they send me a message. I don't want to wake up to that, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or have it wake me up. So that's what I do there. Um, 
And then, you know, like you said, setting healthy boundaries. That's how you have to do things. Like, I really appreciate that. And one thing that I do that I think is a little different, I believe in two mental health things, mental health checkup and mental health maintenance. Everybody is quick to do a checkup, but they don't do the maintenance. Hey, this is wrong, so I'll fix it for today, but I won't keep that same maintenance going continuously. I'll mm-hmm. just put a plug on it. So that's one thing that I do. Now let's get on to the deeper question. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> I am working with a therapist right now. And like, I've done so much work on myself. And she literally said to me, she's like, like, what's your goal in therapy? Cause I just feel like there's nothing here for us to do. And I was like, let me tell you, we all need a therapist always just in case. Cause you never know when something's going to pop up. It's really helpful to have someone who's in your corner. And like you said, that maintenance, so key. So I, I see you on that. I feel you. <laughs> I appreciate that one. Now, here's a deep question. Um, You're traveling anywhere in the United States, Mexico, wherever you are in the world, um, and you see a billboard, and it says Alexa Martin. What's the rest of that billboard say? Mm. Honestly, just take action. That's not like a great phrase, but (laughs) that doesn't really make sense on a billboard. I have to like figure out the wording, but I'll elaborate it elaborate on it right now for you. Just take action. We listen to so many podcasts. We consume so much in the self-development space. We follow all these Instagram feeds. Take action. You cannot think your way into a new life. You can't listen to your podcast, listen to a podcast and just get a new life. You have to actually do something. And if I could just encourage everyone after listening to this to just come up with one singular action step that you're going to commit to doing to change your life. Like that is going to be what moves the needle, not listening to another podcast, not reading another book, not looking up another influencer on Instagram, just go out in the world and actually do something. Okay. Okay. And I can definitely appreciate that. Now comes a part of the show that, uh, you know, you, you did great on the 2020 questions, but um, one personal question that I always like to ask everybody, and I haven't done it in a while, um, is this, what's a hidden talent or something that people don't know about you that you're willing to express to, to the audience right now? Because I'll tell you why this is a, a crazy thing. For instance, like I live in West Virginia, we got mountains and stuff. I go to the beach, I go to all these places and I take all these pictures, but I cannot swim. I have people with me. I have one person in particular, her name's Stacy. She stays with me. She can save me because she can do flips and stuff in the water. I can't do any of this stuff she can do, but I know that she'll always be there to save me. So I'm not going to die. So I could be on the edge of a cliff and I could jump off into the water. She's going to catch me mm-hmm. and I want to live. But that's a secret about me that a lot of people do not know. Um, another, and this is, and I'm giving you a little time so you can figure out something. So another a lady told me this real quick. She lives in Georgia and it's crazy. Uh, Goodwill's are very big in Georgia. She goes and finds artwork and then takes it home, puts rhinestones and glitter and different stuff on the artwork and then resells it. Makes a makes the second part of her living doing that. So that's something it's out of the box. Uh that's kind of wild. And then another lady in the state of Virginia, um she doesn't like the sound of a can open carbonation like that sound whenever she hears it hears it it disturbs her day like she will stop what she's doing, go home, call in, take a sick day and just relax because of that sound disrupt her day so all these people have these different secrets you know okay I have a secret I've never I've never shared it publicly um it's a little like different than these secrets but I 
I love ecstatic dancing. I don't know if you know what ecstatic dancing is, but like, I love ecstatic dancing and just like moving my body and flowing and things like that. But I'm so scared of posting it on social media because I'm so scared of like what Jimmy from ninth grade math class is going to think about me. So I never have. And yeah, I mean, I really want to. And one day I know I'm going to rip the bandaid off and post a video of myself dancing, but that's like one of my, one of my fears in, in showing myself on the internet. <laughs> and that's a good one. I like that one. Cause you know, that's crazy. Like with the rise of TikTok, it's people get out of their shells and the next thing you know, someone's doing a, a dance that you've never seen, or they're bringing back something from the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. So Lex Martin, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and commonplace and at the very end of the show, we do something real, real special that I like is you give a shout out to the people that helped you. Um, mm-hmm. I always say this, like in the background with whatever I've gone on with West Virginia Commonplace, my co-host does a lot of stuff, you know, helps out and gives opinions on different things and tells me no to certain things. And we just roll with it that way. And outside of that, I have a mother that listens uh, a lot. And um, those are the people that I think, and then my other, obviously my listeners and stuff like that, they just, you know, help out there. So well, who would you like to give a shout out to or whom would you like to give a shout out to? Yeah, so I've had two coaches who have honestly changed my life in so many ways. Their names are Mooch and Melissa. If you want to look them up on Instagram. Um, so, sorry, so sorry about that. Their names are Mooch and Melissa if you want to look them up on Instagram. But they've, okay. they've been game changers for me. Game changers. I've worked with them for years And I would not be able to do a quarter of the things I've done without having had their support. So yeah, definitely shout them out. And then my parents, for sure. Our parents are heroes, absolute heroes. So always giving love to them. All right. That's amazing. All right. So one more time, let's do one more quick shameless plug. That way the audience that caught on to the middle of this episode, because they don't like to listen to the beginning, they can hear where you're from and, uh, or not where you're from, but where you're at and how they can get in touch with you. Okay. On Instagram at Alexa Kmart. And I'm hosting this free challenge, teaching people how to break up with their phones and, you know, just get in control of your life, learn how to set boundaries with yourself and set boundaries with others. So if you want to learn how to stop mindlessly scrolling on social come join the challenge. You can just DM me that you want to join at Alexa Kmart. All right. And I thank you very much for that. Thank you for being a guest on West Virginia and Commonplace. And this is JR and I am signing off. Amazing.